Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at Thank you, Mom and Dad, for, I mean, honestly, for taking a risk in 1983, moving your your beautiful children, your handsome redhead, right, all the way over here to, to Boise, Idaho. I remember we came from a church, it was about, what, four or 5,000 people in Portland, and and uh, I was seven, right, when we first moved over here. And so I remember we started, I think our first Sunday, I remember coming in, I was so excited to see God move. And there were like 25 people in the service and my dad spoke and I thought he did a great job. And my dad asked me at the end of the service, I don't remember all the details, but he goes, so what do you think about church? And I go, dad, this is the dinkiest church ever. And I was offended by it, but um, yeah, no, it's amazing how God can take small things and turn them into big things like mustard seed faith. Can I get an amen, church? And uh, so we're so blessed to see to see how God has taken a mustard seed, a faith, a dream, a vision from Pastor Ken and Connie, and produce what we're seeing today. And can I just say something really quick? Uh, tonight is just the beginning. Like we're this is interlude. This is can we call it halftime? We've had a, a great first quarter. We've had a great second quarter, but we're at halftime. We're getting ready. But I'm, I'm telling you, third quarter, fourth quarter, maybe there's a fifth quarter. I don't know, right? I'm just we, we can go with the metaphor. Um, but I really believe that our best years as a community, as a church, are in front of us. And I believe we're going to enter into a new season. And uh, I was praying, um, and we're going to have Benny come up here really quick. But as we were praying and worshiping um, this evening, I really felt like God told me that this is going to be a season and a summer of fire. Come on, somebody. And then God was, and I'm not ready to preach, but I'm not because the preacher is ready to preach, right? No, but we want Benny to come up and share. <laughs> we want to be quiet, Benny. Shut up. No. Um, stop. Benny, Benny, Benny. I just, I mean, love Benny. I love Benny so much. Um, but no, I really believe this is going to be a summer of fire. Everyone say fire. It's going to be a summer of fire. That's the first song that we sung tonight. I think it was a fire song or something. This is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, let me just say this really quick. There is one baptism. First Corinthians chapter 12 says that you are made to drink of the spirit. Because of Jesus, right, you now belong to the body of Christ and you were made to drink of the Spirit. So in Christ, you have been baptized with the Spirit. So there is one baptism, but there are many feelings, right? Not just one or two or three or four feelings or tens and tens and tens and tens of feelings or feelings, right? Or hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feelings. God wants to fill you over and over and over and over and over and over again. This is why we're charismatics. We believe there is one baptism. Everyone say one baptism. 
but there are many fillings wherein God pours out his spirit on his sons and his daughters. So I really believe that this is gonna be a summer of fire and power. God's gonna do a fresh work in your life, in your marriage, in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, in your family, with your kids, your place of work. I just believe, man, God's gonna do something powerful in this church. So we're gonna believe and we're gonna pray. Come on, somebody, don't shut me down. That this is gonna be an incredible time. Jesus said this in all four canonical gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said this, I have come, what? To baptize with the Spirit and Matthew's version and with fire. What was the ultimate purpose of Jesus coming uh, to die on the cross and then to come back from the dead and then ascend into heaven who is now in charge of all things? What is the ultimate purpose? Well, to cleanse creation from its pollution, right? That's essentially what Jesus did on the cross. He absorbed the pain, the suffering, the sorrow, the anxiety, the sin in his body and defeated death, broke death on the cross. He then came back bodily from the grave, which is an important theological point. Then he ascended into heaven. Heaven is a different kind of space, a different kind of material place, a different kind of dimension that is attached. I talk about this all the time with our space. And now he is Lord and he is king over all things. But it's very clear that the gospels say that Jesus' mission to going to the cross and then ascending into heaven after bodily resurrection was not so that we could go to heaven. His entire mission was to go to the cross and then to come back from the dead so he could pour out his spirit on all of his sons and daughters. I have much more to say about that over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Can I get an amen? Whether you like it or not, I'm gonna be your pastor for a long time. But this is, are you hungry for it? Do you want it? Man, I'm a child of the 80s. Billy Joel, what was that song? We didn't start the fire, right? Because it's always been, we didn't start the fire, right? I don't know the rest of it, okay? Lindsay, be quiet, okay? Um, why did we, we didn't start the fire? Because it was always burning. I love that, right? We don't start the fire. We don't get the fire going. The Holy Spirit, 2,000 years ago, was poured out. The fire already started. So the question is, do you want that? Do you want to enter into that, into God's grace and his wisdom and his power and his authority, as Benny talked about earlier today? I want that for this church. I want a summer of fire. I want a summer of miracles and salvations. I want a summer where God breaks through in your life. Five of you are really into this tonight. My God. I give you the angry face. Um, but no, God is, I, I, I'm prophesying this over this church. This church is never going to be the same again. Get ready. This summer, God is going to pour out his spirit. And we're going to see things that we have never, Pastor Ken and Connie, that we have never seen before. Actually, things that you've already saw 20, 25 years ago that you've been praying for a long time. I see those dreams and those visions coming to fruition in the life of this church. We're going to see family members come back to Christ. 
We're gonna see sin patterns broken. We're gonna see unhealthy minds made whole. No? Bodies that've been sick for a long time. We're gonna see them healed. Come on. We're gonna see signs and wonders and miracles. Hey, we're gonna see trauma healed in Jesus' name. Broken minds healed in Jesus' name. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I see it, I see it. Creative miracles, neural pathways in your brain are gonna come back together. What does that mean? I don't even know, but God is gonna do an incredible work in this church, but God's gonna do an incredible work in this city. God has a plan for this city. God has a plan for our nation. I want to be a part of it. Guys, this, <laughs> I just go and someone take the mic from me. Take it! No, this is a revival church. We believe in revival. It's about the kingdom of God. We don't believe in the status quo. We don't believe in playing it safe. We don't believe in kind of just sequestering our life from the broader world and culture. We believe God has called us for such a time as this. God has called us to empower us. He wants to fill us so we can build for his kingdom in our city, in our neighborhoods, at our places of work. That is what we're called to do. So there, guys, 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 I felt it when Pastor Benny was, was praying or actually preaching on it this, this morning. He was talking about whatever he was doing this morning. Guys, I'm tired. It's 8... 20. I'm usually in bed by now. No, I'm not. Um, when he was preaching about this religious spirit, I just feel like some of us, if we're not careful, we just kind of get into these familiar patterns and we take very good practices and habits and then we turn them kind of upside down and uh, we get familiar with the Holy Spirit. We get familiar with talk and so talk becomes cheap right? And uh, even the power of God becomes cheap to you. You're like, some of you, and I'm just going to be really honest with you, some of you are like, ah, I don't know about all this stuff. That's okay, right? If you're in that boat. But I just, if that's what you're feeling, I, if you want it, I, I, I want to pray that God would set you free because I'm going to name it. I just think, man, if you get familiar with the presence of God, you get familiar with his word, you get familiar with church services like this. I've been there and I've done that, right? If you're not careful, you can lose what God has for you in this season. And Pastor Betty talked about moments today. I don't want the moment to pass me by. I don't want it to be said, hey, at the end of my days, Chris, man, you, man, you, um, you did well here, here, and here, but I had something so special for you, but you were playing it safe. You were thinking about yourself. You, uh, man, you didn't want to step out in faith. You didn't want to take a risk. You kind of wanted your safety and your comfort. You kind of wanted to do your thing. And so I had to pass by. And as Pastor Ken talked about it tonight, I had to give the baton to somebody else. I don't want God to give the baton that was meant for me to somebody else. That's not being selfish. I just want to be a faithful servant. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what are we doing, guys? <laughs> Betty, you're supposed to be here. I'm an academic. I got to study, okay? No, I have so many thoughts, but man, God is going to break through in your life. And I declare breakthrough over this church. Breakthrough. 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 Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Over this house and over the houses of worship in this city. Our world needs the church to be the church so the world can be the world. The reason why the world is so confused is because the church is so confused. When we get clarity about who we are and we open our hearts to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life, guess what happens? A clear distinction is made. Clarity and truth then comes into our lived experience and the world who's living in darkness, the world is living in a state, a constant state of confusion because the church is being the church, sees themselves as the world. The world sees themselves as the world. That is where we want them to be because that's when they can see the darkness that they're living in because people in this age, some of you are like, what is he talking about? Just go with me, right? Because people in this world need to see light in their darkness. The problem is people who are living in darkness think that they're living in light and no one's showing them what the light looks like. And here, and I, I prayed this in our, our, our prayer just before this service. We are, we are a church that is committed to the Word. We are Word people. The Word of God is, is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it comes to be the soul and the spirit, the joy of the morrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Can I get an amen to that? God's Word will not return void. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We do not live by our emotions. We do not live by our circumstances. We do not live by our lived experiences or our dif difficulties or whatever we're projecting or our therapeutic self. We live by God's promises. So we are a word church, but we're also a spirit church. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you so you so you can be witnesses to me to Jerusalem, Samaria, whatever, 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 to the ends of the earth. You see, the Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence, and He wants to empower your life. Many of us are living inferior lives because we're not walking in step with the Spirit. God wants to produce His fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. What is going on with me right now? Gentleness. I'm just giving you the word. Self-control against such there is no law. We are spirit-empowered people. We are people of the word. Come on. And we are people of the Spirit. And when churches understand that it's not just Word and it's not just Spirit, but it is Word and Spirit, and we walk in step with God's Word and we walk in step with God's Spirit, that is when we begin to reflect the wisdom, the grace, the anointing, and the power of God 
back into our culture. Guys, our culture is dying. Our world is broken. And I believe this is a new day and a new season for the church. The church to be the church. Come on. The church to be the church. The people, I want the people of God to truly be the people of God. The sons and daughters truly living up to their calling and their identity. I don't want to live, as I mentioned before, I'm bringing this full circle, an inferior life. I don't want to give myself to inferior thoughts, to inferior attitudes, to inferior things that keep me from fulfilling as a community, because it's not just about me, but as a community, I don't want anything to keep me from fulfilling the will of God because we've been called for such a time as this. You are, there's some of you don't know it, you are beloved. Some of you don't know it, God has lavished his grace on you. You are the beloved, you, you sit, Ephesians 1, you just open up your Bible right now. You are, if you are in Christ, you are seated in heavenly places. Your life is summed up with King Jesus. Betty talked about it this morning. You have all the authority in the world. Your authority, yes, is not intrinsic to you. Your authority is derivative. It's connected to Jesus because what is true of Jesus is also true of you. And hey, yes, we talk about psychology in the church and we talk about our feels in the church and that's important. We need to talk about our experiences. That's so important because we need to be a church of compassion. That's so important. But above it all, theology trumps it all. If we don't know who we are in Christ, I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Betty, you're in trouble after this. He's like, what do you mean? I'm going to fight you right now. No. But if we don't, as a people of God, know who we are, and we're not giving ourselves to good theology and engage God's Word on a daily basis and open ourselves to the empowering presence of God, we have no hope. We can give no hope, nor do we have hope. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knit you in your mother's womb. So stop comparing yourself to so-and-so and such-and-such. Stop it. Stop coming on Sundays and lifting your hands and worshiping and really saying that, God, I believe you love me. And then throughout the week, you're obsessing over your weight and you're obsessing over your IG account and you're obsessing about all the numbers, right? And all the analytics that, that tell you or scream to you that you're inferior. If you are in Christ, you are not inadequate. You are not inferior. You don't need to compare yourself. You are a child of God. I'm not angry. I might have my, dad, Pastor Ken and I, we have an angry face, but it's just our passion face. We're passionate about the kingdom of God. I, I, guys, I am not here because I made a decision to be the pastor of this church. I was long gone. I told my mom, I ain't no Levite. I ain't no preacher. I'm no pastor. 
When I turn 18, I'm going to play de Division I basketball, which I did for a year, but God has a wonderful sense of humor. And then I'm going to leave this place, and I'm going to go back east, and I'm going to get myself in politics. God said, no, homie, right? And at the age of 18, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, a face-to-face -face encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed my life. And I knew it. I had one choice. Because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who paints the skies, who created the Milky Way and the constellation, the one who created space and time and matter, he knew me. And I knew in that moment I was called to serve his church and to preach the Bible with the best that I could preach his word. And so tonight I'm here not because I simply chose, yes, I had a choice, right? But I'm here because God, God chose me. And you're here because God has chosen you. And I say all that to say, and I'm kind of like all over the place. Yes, I am. I'm thinking about this homiletically. I'm like, where am I going? Where am I going? Lord, help me. But I am here. I am here because I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I'm not, someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, hey Chris, how did you come to the Christian faith? I know you were a pastor's kid, but how did you really know that God was real? And I thought about it and it took me a couple seconds and I, and I just said, hey, I didn't induct my way up from my experience into God and figure God out, right? I, I was always more of an, an, an intellect. I always knew that about myself, but I didn't figure God out. I didn't work my way up from my lived experience through unaided human inquiry to figure out the cosmos and the mysteries of God. No, I am here because I had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit, an encounter with His love. And He gave me a vision. He gave me a vision of the future. This is when I was 18, 19, actually 19 years old at the time. And he spoke to me that Capital Church would be one of the big, largest churches in the Northwest. And he spoke to me that Capital Church would be a revival church and that we would see thousands and thousands and thousands of salvations and healing. And I also believe that Capital Church is called, is Isaiah chapter two, it's his Isaianic passage that shows, and this is partially fulfilled in Jesus, the mountain of the Lord. And in the mountain of the Lord, in this eschatological time, the end of time, we have all the nations flowing to the mountain because they want to be taught by the Lord. And when I was 19, God gave me that, uh, that passage among other uh, passages. And uh, he began to speak to me that this church was going to be a teaching church and that nations of the world would flow to this church. Not because we're the eschatological temple, if you hear what I'm saying, or the eschatological mountain. That has been fulfilled in Jesus and all houses of worship partially fulfill that Isianic passage we find in chapter two. But I really feel a call of God on this house is to teach the nations about Jesus. Am I boring? Is this, do I need to dance or be more funny? Man, I, I just feel it. God's gonna do something. I told, I told our executive team, I just feel like there's some things that God's gonna do over the next few months and the next few years in this church that's gonna shock us. So we have to get ready, get ready, get ready. 
Get your hearts prepared because God is on the move. That is not a trite statement. Because I know when preacher men get up there and they say, God's on the move, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm like, oh my God, I've heard that like a thousand times and God hasn't moved, right? So I get, I get that familiarness with that statement, but I'm saying that as a prophetic declaration over a church. I don't say flippant words. I'm saying that God is going to do something that we have never seen in the life of this church in this next season. And I want you to grab it. I want you to believe for it. Finally, finally, and I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I, this is on my heart. I just, I get it from my parents, but ultimately this is the Holy Spirit. I have such a passion for people. And there's so many broken people out there that don't know Jesus. I get up here, the reason why I preach, I get it. There's some Sundays I'm like, what did, what did I, why did I say that, right? You know, why am I preaching this or whatever? But every time I get up and preach, every time I wake up in the morning and pray for you guys, every time my wife and I get together, we're praying for our church and the churches in this valley and for our nation and other churches around the country is because we just have a passion for people. I went through the worst two years of my life. I'm just coming out of it. Well, I didn't think I was gonna make it. And I'm realizing now that the Holy Spirit allowed that to happen because it broke my heart for people. There are people right now that don't think they're gonna make it. They've been given a terminal diagnosis. They've been told that by the doctor that this is gonna to happen to them in their body or their mind, right? There's some people that have no, they, they don't have a hope, they don't have a prayer, they're broken, they don't know what to do. We're living in a different culture. We've been catechized by our, by our world, not by the church. So there's so many, so many young people that don't even like Jesus, who's that? We live in a Christ-haunted culture. We're no longer a Christ-centered culture. And because of that, there are so many people that are so profoundly disoriented and living lives of despair. My passion is to be a part of a church that just loves people. Yeah, let's bring, let, we're going to be a welcoming church. Well, Chris, you don't know my history. Bring your history. We're going to love you, right? We're going to build relationship with you. Chris, I'm sexually confused. Hey, we love you. Uh, Chris, I'm a Democrat. We love you. Right? I'm a Raider fan. Well, we'll love you. We'll learn to love you. So bring your brokenness. I'm speaking this over the city. Bring your broke. We're prophesying now over the city. Bring your brokenness. Bring your withered hand. Bring your chronic sickness. Bring your lupus. Bring your diabetes. Bring your cancer. Bring your sexual brokenness. Bring that divorce. Bring that anxiety. Bring your trauma. Bring your sin. 
bring your pain. Just bring it. Benny, what was that statement you said about encounter today? It was almost, it was a clever little aphorism. I loved it. When the world offers an escape, God offers an encounter. When the world offers an escape, God offers an encounter. As I end here, I had long, long, I, yes, yes, Benny. I am crying for goodness sake. I'm never going to preach again, okay, Benny? What is wrong with me, right? Uh, a long, I was 19 years old. I went to this, I, I went to this, um, um, what was it? It was a monastic place, and um, and yeah, you can sit down if you want. I'm almost done. Um, and it was it was it was a three day course where we were just totally away from the world. And um, a particular preacher man, maybe some of you know him. He uh, he walked. It was about a, a cohort of about twelve pastors, and he just taught us about preaching and prayer. It was just kind of a homiletic and kind of a prayer thing. So three days we were just praying and seeking God and he was teaching us some stuff and then he prayed over all the pastors at the end and he prayed over me and this has always been my prayer for this church he goes Chris um, I see you in the future I see your church in the future and the thing that's going to mark you out and your church is that when people come to your house of worship when they set foot in the sanctuary they're going to experience the real presence of God. And he just said it over and over, Chris, they're going to hear in a world framed around counterfeits, they're going to come and they're going to hear the real messages. They're going to have real encounters with the Holy Spirit. And he said, the thing that's going to mark your church out is realness, reality. And that's what I pray for all of us, that we would be a part of a community that would know the reality of God's love, His presence, His anointing, His word, His power. I'll say this over and over and over again. I do not want to be a person that is conformed or has a form of godliness but denies the power of God. We want the reality of God's presence. That's the church that we're building for. This is not our church. This is not my church. This is not your church. We're part of a community that's being formed into the head, right? I could go through Galatians and Ephesians. We are the body of Christ. This is his church. And my desire is to build for, build for a church or build for the kingdom in such a way that people would encounter the living presence of Jesus. That's our, excuse me for the French, our raison d'etre. That's our purpose. That's our mission. That's what I want for us. Are you bored? No, I'm not. I'm kind of enjoying this, guys. I go off in song. I start singing. <laughs> Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Benny, Benny's just staring at me the whole time, yeah. I feel it, okay? 
bringing this full circle. This is a summer of fire. We didn't start the fire. You're right, Billy Joel. The Holy Spirit did 2,000 years ago. It's one baptism, but many, many, many fillings. Billy Graham said this, there's one inescapable sense that the people of God have. It's this, they just know that something's missing in their life. And Billy Graham said this about 20 years ago. He goes, I think I know what they're missing. They're missing the third person of the Trinity. They are missing the Holy Spirit. So I'm, I declare that, Holy Spirit, this is your church, and you would have your way, and you would do whatever you want to do in our lives and in our minds and in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Let me say this one last thing. I'm an evangelist at heart. I'm not a teacher first. I'm an evangelist. Everything I do is designed to reach atheists. And people, like some of you are like, why does he use those words? Because I know how people outside think. Some people don't like it, some of my preaching at times, because I don't preach to the choir all the time. Because I don't care about the parlor tricks, or not the parlor, what am I talking about? Anyways, the, the homiletic tricks when it comes to preaching, right? I know how to whip somebody up rhetorically in an emotional frenzy. I just don't want that. That's not me. I want the real presence of God. But my heart ultimately, sometimes the words that I use is because I want to reach people that, that man, they are just dead in the water and they don't want anything to do with God, right? The reason why I say that is because ultimately my heart is to be an evangelist. I want to see God reach as many people in our city through our church. And I end with this story. There is a, a man, some of you might know who he is. He's a famous author. He was on a podcast. Uh, he's uh, written many historical books. And uh, he was talking about losing his faith when he was 12, 13. Um, he was Anglican. He's English. And uh, the long, the, the short and short of it is uh, he was asked, okay, where, where's your stance at right now? He goes, well, I'm an atheist, um, but I'm also a Christian. And, and, and the podcaster was like, okay, can you explain that to me? He goes, well, to be honest, I don't believe that God exists, but I believe Christianity is true. And, and, and so the podcaster was a Christian. He's like, okay, help, help me figure that out. Well, he goes, I just think that Christ, in, a, in a sense, not in a capital T sense, but that Christianity makes sense of the world better than anything else. However, I don't believe in God. So then the podcaster started, again, he was this, in this kind of this conversational piece on this long form podcast. And uh, so he started asking this particular gentleman, okay, so what would it take for you to believe in God? He goes, I need, I love it. He just said this, I need something real. I need to hear the voice of God. And I sat there stunned and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. That is what the world needs. They, they might not be able to put words to it, but deep down inside in their, their subconscious, what they want from the church is real. They want real, 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 real. They just don't want nice words. They want real, real. They want to see the power of God. God, do you exist? Show me. And God's saying, yes, I want to show you. Come on, people of God. Because you got, guys, 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 God wants to partner with his people 
right? He wants to work in fellowship with us. We talk about this all the time. This is collaborative eschatology. God, through His Spirit, wants to partner with us to bring His presence and His goodness to the world. We are called to bring that voice to those who are crying out for that voice. So I declare in this next season, whatever and however long this season is, that we're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of salvations. And it's going to be unconventional, right? Guys, okay, I feel like this is the Holy Spirit. What am I doing? It's going to get messy. I was excited, right? I feel like this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. It's, we're entering into a messy season of the church. Broken people are going to come and they're going to be crying on your shoulder and you're like, what the heck? It's only the first song. It's going to be a new season of doing church. Prepare your heart for it. People are going to come and they're going to fall to their knees and you're going to be like, oh my gosh. People in your neighborhood are going to open up to you and you might not know how to maybe fully articulate what you believe and you might not be able to answer all their questions, but you're just going to, I, I just see you, you're going to take a step of faith. God's going to give you a very specific word and they're going to fall on their knees and they're going to give glory to God. And this is why Pastor Benny and Wendy are mentors to me because they have led in this when churches have gotten away from this, when churches rightfully so should exercise compassion and should be culturally sensitive and should be focused on being in the culture, rightfully so. But unfortunately, if we're not careful, we so engage with the culture that we compromise the truth. And there's some churches that have left this because they're like, oh, people don't want this. I'm telling you what, this is what I love about Generation Z. So if you're 26 and younger, here's the, here's the good news of Generation Z. They don't know a lick about Christianity. Well, why is that good news, Chris? Well, because they don't have the baggage of the church. They are fertile soil. I call that the harvest is right, people. Well, Chris, they're crazy. Hey, that's, I'd rather have that than religious and baggage and a bunch of millennials and Xers complaining about the color of the wall and the preacher didn't preach my message. I'm, not, I'm a millennial and an extra, okay? So I'm not hating on you at all. But Generation Z does not have any baggage at all. They don't even know right from wrong. Are they sexually confused? Absolutely. Are they profoundly broken? Absolutely. Are some resistant to what they have seen as a caricature of Christianity? Absolutely. Absolutely. But they are fertile ground for the power of God to take over their mind 
and their heart. So are we willing to be a church that reaches crazy people, broken people, people don't look like us, act like us, think like us? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be. <laughs> we are going to be a church that will welcome all people. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have compassion churches which sacrifice the truth. And then you have truth churches that sacrifice compassion. And I'm like, I feel like I've been the last two years. I'm like saying to myself, hold, right? I'm in the middle and I'm like, hold. No, no, no. Compassion and God's truth are not antithetical. They complement each other. So we will be a church of compassion and welcome. And we will build relationship with all sorts of people. That is Jesus for the people. But we will be a church that is uncompromising in the truth. We will not sacrifice truth for compassion. You don't need to. Why can't we be both? Jesus came full of grace and truth. Grace and faithfulness. This is who we are. The church, if it's going to be the church, will give itself to the compassion of the Holy Spirit and to His truth. And as we do that, the power of God will be released be released. I am tired. This is again, as I, as I mentioned, this is why I love Betty and Wendy is that I mean, Wendy was my, my first best friend. We're cousins, first cousins once removed. Our dads were double cousins. And I just love Wendy and Benny's heart for the presence and power of God. And when churches have run away from this, they have stayed the course. And I, I believe the answer to this world is not having pretty sermons. And I believe in sermons. And I believe in sermonizing. I believe in the primacy of preaching. But what we need is the power of God. And Benny and Wendy are not only world-class leaders and communicators, their heart is ultimately for the presence and power of God. And if the church is going to be a, the church in a crazy world, we have, to, we have to prioritize the power and presence of God over everything else. go after it. Do you want to go after it with me and my wife? Do you want this? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Are you willing to go through hard times? 
And if, if not, that's totally fine. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to do something deep in our hearts. Because we all, we're, we're, we all come from different, man, just different psychological states, right? So I get we're all in different seasons and we have different thresholds. And, but I'm just going to pray tonight that God will give us his heart. That's what you preached. The heart of Jesus. So I'm going to pray right now over you. Can I pray? I'm going to close. There's so much more that I could say, but you bow your heads, close your eyes. I know you're done with me. I'm done with you too. I'm kidding. Father, I just ask that you would give us your heart for people. Give us your heart. I thank you that you became flesh. You did become Soma which is a beautiful body, which is what CrossFitters do. You became Sark's flesh. You became unattractive. You took on the corruption of this world. You went through extreme suffering for us. That's love. And I thank you that love that you have for us by becoming flesh. Let that love enter our hearts tonight. Let it enter our minds, our heart, our soul. Let it transform us in Jesus' name. We want to be a church that welcomes all people. And I thank you as we've, been, we've preached so many times, grace meets us where we're at, but grace never leaves us there. And I thank you for the transforming work of the Holy Spirit as we build relationship with people and as we build that relationship with people, I thank you, your truth will come and set the captives free. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us your heart tonight. And then right now, if this is something you want, you want the power of the Holy Spirit, you want that fire, you want that grace, take your hand and put it on your heart right now. I want to pray for you. So I, I just release it right now. I release the power of God on every son and daughter in this room. I just release it in Jesus' name. Release it. I just want you to wait now. We just receive, just receive. We just receive by saying, yes, God, I can't do anything to get it. I just sit here and I thank you that you just thank him for giving his power to you. Thank you for pouring out your power on your people. So we release, Kel and I together release this community into a season of suddenlies, season of fire, season of great grace, season of breakthrough, season of healing and salvation and miracles. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just, we say, God, we want this. We want this. I thank you. This is a church that will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I thank you. will take care of everything else. So we seek first 
your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Can you give God a hand? Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.